When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there and welcome to the Wednesday warm-up on This Is Ibrooks. As always, I'm joined by two fantastic guests. It's the Borough Ranger himself after we've sorted out some sound issues. How are you doing today, JB? Yeah, very well, thank you. Uh, looking forward to getting back to South Rangers as per, so yeah, all good. That's it. I said I know the last time I bumped into you were you were either just about to go away and meet some Ajax ultras or coming uh, back from meeting them, uh, and I'm glad you're still here. That's all I'm saying about it. <laughs> And uh, Kieran, a, a, a man that likes a different type of football, but um, I, I'm assuming you like Rangers better than you like the NFL. I do, mate. I'm a big Giants fan, and trust me, they're doing a lot worse than us right now. But there's always a silver lining with the NFL. I think we're in line for the second pick in the draft, so that's a common theme with the Giants at the moment. But nah, Rangers are flying the flag for me. There we go. I've I've no idea what any of that means, but as. <laughs> Go Green Bay Packers, that, that's all I know what to say, so there you go. Wait a minute here, we're not about to start a Rangers podcast and you're cheering for a team called the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> yeah, let me rescind oh, that, I'll go I'll go, I'll go. Uh, New England Patriots, that, that's what I'll settle on, they're red, white and blue, that's pretty staunch, yeah. That's a bit better. And there we go, we'll settle on that. Um, yeah, in today's show, we've got loads to discuss. Uh, we've got Ross McCausland signing a new deal until the summer of 27. Um, Kieran Dowell was back in training today, just maybe a guy we've not talked about in ages. Want to see the guy's thoughts and where he fits into a Clamont team. I know he's not in the Europa League squad, but we'll still talk about him anyway. Um, we'll touch on the press conferences today, a couple of interesting snippets from Clamont, as always. I just I love the way he handles these things. It was just like watching a a master fully in charge of of what he was uh, doing there. Um, and obviously we've got the key Europa League clash against Aris Limassol tomorrow where Rangers could get qualification from the group. Um, look, we'll begin with by talking about a deal that I think everybody's happy about. There was rumours of it be costing about 300k to get him in, in terms of a development fee. He was linked with Atlanta, he was linked with Roma, but 20-year-old and full Northern Ireland International, Ross McCausland signed a deal that will keep him at the club until 2027. Ross said, I'm delighted. It was obviously something that had been going through my mind for the past year. I look back to where I was maybe 8, 12 weeks ago. I didn't expect to be in this situation. To go and get a deal over the line with a new gaffer coming in, knowing that I might get chances, a proud moment, and that I'm delighted to be able to devote myself to stay at Rangers. JB, I'll come on to you first. Um, what did you make of this deal? Uh, and what have you made of McCausland since he's broken into the first team? Yeah, no, it was, it was really pleasing to read. I don't think it came as a shock. Uh, I think it was he was always going to be signing the contract. I think all the noise that we heard from in and around the club, and any time you have heard him speak, he always talks about how much he loves the club, loves being there. Um, so I think any other talk of him maybe moving elsewhere, he's probably in a different situation to maybe some of the youngsters that we've lost in the past. Um, the lad, lad and his family are obviously big Rangers fans, but, um, but yeah, really delighted, I think. Since he's come in, um, I've really seen a lot of him in the B team games. Um, 
Anytime I did see the B team, I didn't think he particularly stood out. Uh, but then since he stepped up um, in a couple of appearances, it's been fantastic. Uh, if I think about Aris away, which we'll talk about shortly, I'm sure, that was a horrific night. Uh, but now that I look back, McCausland probably created the two best chances um, <laughs> after he came on. And then since that, he's then followed it up with some really good performances coming on against Hearts at home when we were under the cosh. So again, showed great mentality. And one thing I remember about him on the day, he wanted the ball. He just kept asking and asking and asking. And then that's been followed up with some good appearances or great appearances against Prague when he came on. And then he had a fantastic debut, a fantastic start and debut against um, Livingston away. So, um, no, really pleased with where he's at. And obviously the manager's got quite a bit of faith in him. So, yeah, long may it continue. Yeah, that's it, exactly. It was clear the manager was wanting this one over the, the line. Kieran, um, I'm going to ask you this question. Is, is McCausland the player that we've been looking for to, to fill that void on the right, so to speak? Because I'm sure we've all seen it in it. I don't know, it doesn't say many a meltdown, but it triggers me a wee bit when you say we've not had anybody on that right wing yes. since Daniel Kindias at the club. I know. Um, I know. Is, is he a Northern Irish Kindias, Kieran? Uh, the way some folk bang on about Kindias is if his name should be at the top of the marble staircase on the sort of oak plate. But nah, it, in McCausland's case, I think we need to um, temper expectations a wee bit. He's very, it, I, I say he's young, he's 20, um, but... Do you know what? He's not the finished article yet, but he's a case of everything you need to make it as a youth, especially at Rangers. It's a case of circumstance at the moment that we've not got anybody on that right. We've been crying out for somebody on the right. And in the case of injuries, because had Zach Lovelace kept going the way he was going, having had his chance against St Mirren, it would have probably been him. Um, when you're a youth player you need that wee bit of luck you need the opportunity so he's had the two of them and then the third thing's about taking your chance and he certainly took his chance and impressed and JB touched on it like his attitude coming out of these games has been 10 out of 10 um, now I had the pleasure of covering a couple of the B team games um, for this as Ibrooks and got to see him up close in the sort of environment he's been playing at the past few years and to be really honest, it wasn't a standout. Like all the talk around Rangers was always about your Lowry's, your Bailey Rice's, your Lovelace's. Nobody ever spoke about McCausland. So when we talk about taking your opportunities, grabbed it with two hands, and then he gets the call up for Northern Ireland, and then he's got his new contract. It's absolutely brilliant to see a Rangers fan and a youth coming through and doing well. So now is where the work really begins for him that he needs to kick on and solidify that place. And it's not about just filling a hole while other guys are injured and we don't have guys in the wide slot, it's probably saved us a lot of money knowing that we can develop a player on that right-hand side and not having to go out and sign one. And let's be honest, he's got the opportunity under a fantastic manager. Yeah, that's it. And, and a manager that, that said that he was well well hunted and, and well wanted in that, the, the transfer, and said there was a few clubs. I think there was even some English clubs sniffing about him. But listen, before we move on to the next point, Kieran's just brought up something... Uh, that I'd like to talk about there, GB. Is is that the way that the Rangers Academy should work? Is, is that we've got a deficiency on that right side? The player should fill into it and it should be that? Or should we have players that are, are pushing for first-team places? I'll be interested to get both your thoughts on that. How, how should the academy work? Yeah, I mean, for me, that's the idea. That's the idea, that's the dream, isn't it? That you've got an 11 that sits behind the 22 that can step up and cover anybody that comes in. And the same for the manager. 
Um, you see in a lot yeah. of the big European clubs that the, the B team manager walks into the first team manager's job if they go on to bigger and better things, then they just recycle. I don't I think we're a we're a wee while away from that just yet. Um but the more that we can start to develop the play develop our players locally and then obviously try and pick off the best of of kids being developed throughout Scotland. There's no doubt that we are starting to create probably a different type of profile as a player young players in Scotland. Uh, you look at the type of the ones that have gone abroad. I don't think it's a Rangers podcast without Lewis Ferguson getting a mention, but there's, uh, there's, uh, we're seeing it more and more. If you think about it, it's probably went 20 years. You can probably name on one hand how many, players, how many Scottish players went abroad and done well. Um, and then it's kind of being done now. So hopefully that's kind of the model. Hopefully we're not a victim of that. Uh, but if we can kind of take, take good youth players coming from Scotland, try and do a little bit of wheeling and dealing like we have with the likes of Lovelace, then you build your players up to then to then come through, and then hopefully you've then got a really good manager that sees something in a player that then goes right. I'm going to give you the chance. It kind of reminds me a little bit of a without being too dramatic. It's a little bit like a Van Bronck moment with Bassi, because let's have it right under Gerard. I think we'd all wrote Bassi off as someone that he's got the tools, but we can't see him ever making it. Um, mm-hmm. Probably a similar situation with McCausland under yeah. Beal. We. We didn't see him. Um, we might have seen him in the odd League Cup game or something for for 10, 15 minutes. The, I think he had, did he have an appearance against Hearts away uh, prior to the Europa League final, final in the Geo. But other than that, we didn't. We haven't seen a lot of him. So hopefully it's a, um, a sliding doors moment for him. And one thing's for certain, he's certainly he's, he's taking his chance when it's come in and that's all you can do. My only concern is that what you sometimes see with these youth players, they come in and then they get overcoached. So they come in and then they do things raw. They do things that they think is the right thing to do because they used to do it under no pressure. And then they kind of, oh, no, give the easy ball and keep the keep possession and stuff. Um, but from what we're seeing of this kid at the moment, he doesn't do that. If I compare the impact he's had to, say, for example, Sefuentes, Sefuentes yeah. just seems to get the ball, pass it to Tav, do a wee jog, as Reece says, and then, and then go again. Uh, but whereas this lad, he uses Tav as a shield. So Tav will run around the outside and he'll drop a shoulder and go inside. He's done that three or four times against Livingston away. And yeah, um, yeah but back to your original question, if we can get the if we can get the youth academy uh, set up and in a good place, um, and you know, just what you sometimes need is one or two players to make the first team to give the rest of the youth players a bit of a kick up the arse and say, you know what, I'm not a million miles away from that to Kieran's point. If McCausland's not pulling up trees in the in, in the B team and the youth team and there's other players outperforming him, well, how good could they be given a chance and coming in and, and doing well? So, um, yeah, it's exciting times. Yeah, that's it, exactly. I think the, um, there's a clear pathway now for, for the youngsters and that's... I, I feel like it's been ages since we've had somebody from the academy proper in and about that first team. Nathan Patterson being the last obvious one that I can think of, but before that, I, I can't remember. But yeah, we certainly got a brilliant prospect in uh, Ross McCausland, and he has the potential to have a really great and, and, and long career. Um, Kieran, I'm going to come to you next on this wee point here. I said I was fortunate enough to see the first 15 minutes of training today. Somebody that I wasn't expecting to see was your namesake, Kieran Dill. <laughs> um, back in and amongst the, the team. I know he's a player. He's not really had a chance under Clement. He's been injured for a lot of the time he's been at Rangers. I don't know if that comes as any great surprise, but 
where do you see a, a player like Dowell fitting into to a Clement system? Can you see him integrating into the, the first team at all when he's back fully fit? It's a funny one for me, Kyle. I'm not sure if you've seen at the weekend on the socials from Rangers um, before the game at Pataudry that Dowell was actually in the team with the squad, but it wasn't in the team, if you know what I mean. It wasn't in the 16. Um, 16 is it eight, it's 18 nowadays, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So he was part of the team that arrived at Pataudry, but he wasn't in the squad. Now, given that we didn't have another centre mid on the bench at the weekend, I thought that was pretty telling that... If he's with the squad, he must be fit, not fully fit, but why hasn't he been put on the bench as a precaution? It's going to be very interesting to see if Clement rates him, um, given his injuries. and what was, I've liked what I've seen of him, put it that way. I've liked what I've seen of him, but given his injuries, it's going to be very difficult. Um, it's, it's been very stop-start for him that he's not had a consistent run of games and been able to build consistent for him throughout the season that I think it's probably not long until Nico Raskin's back as well so that's going to fill a void in the middle and then positions are very limited we've seen how good Tom Lawrence was at the weekend um, Cantwell's going to deputise in there um, we hope Um and yeah, the squad's getting stronger. Those guys getting back fit. I just, I'm not sure with Dowell at the moment, unfortunately. Um, I think someone in our group chat actually said they can see him getting sold in January. I don't think I would jump to that extreme, but it will be on a fair amount of money. And it's one of these ones, after such a failed transfer window, and I'm going to kind of pull back into your last point a wee bit as well here. Why aren't we like going into a transfer window and saying, right, we need to sign this guy and this guy, but maybe instead of signing this guy as a third or fourth choice centre mid, have we got someone in the youth, a Bailey Rice or or an Aaron Lyle in that case that can come in and and do the job that they're doing and progress our own players on a lower wage without spending a transfer fee? And that's where we need to adapt a wee bit. For me, Kieran Dill was a wee bit of a strange one because we had... Tom Lawrence that can do that job. We already had Todd Cantwell that can play the 10 or the left or the right or yeah. anywhere across that middle three. So for me, I'm just not sure. With Dill. I do like him, but I'm not sure how heavily we'll see him in the Rangers team. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair comment. I said it was just it was interesting to see him back, and as you said, the whole thing surrounding him at the weekend was all a, a, a bit weird. But he's what I've seen of him so far. I really like. I really like they can put a tackle, and he's obviously got an eye for goal and, and a pass. So we'll see. I just I'm not sure where he fits in with it in a Clamont team. Um, but look, JB, I want to move on to the the press conferences and, and and stuff like that now at the minute. Um, Kieran's actually brought me on to quite a. A nice wee point there, something that Clement said um, when he was talking about the squad as a whole. He says there's quite an imbalance in the squad and that some positions you have a lot of players um, and in other positions not so much. So those are things to look for in January. Uh, this is the first time I've heard them properly give, a, 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 not an assessment, but a bit more than normal way about the squad. And that to me certainly looks like it's the first indication Although he's again stressed, he's still in his observation period. Um, but that we might go out and expect some changes in January. What what did you make of Clement saying that today? Yeah, no, there was a couple of interesting things. Um, as you said, he really enjoyed listening to him. Uh, we haven't really had anyone like that since Gerard, um, where you kind of hang on every word that he kind of says. And one of the things I found interesting today when he talked, we were talking about the players that were available. And you yeah. could just see his disgust when he was talking at the fact that there was players left out the squad. 
he, he almost said it with like a bit of a sarcastic smirk as if to go, what have I inherited here? Like, but um, no, I think, yeah, it is interesting. We're starting to see, I think somebody might have asked him, how are you within your review period? And I think he said, right, there's another five weeks to go before January <laughs> and then you'll kind of know where I'm at. Um, I think where we are bloated, as we touched on there, we've got so many players that can do the same role. You've got Cantwell, Lawrence, Dow, uh, Lammers was obviously identified as one of these players. Seema, um, Matondo, right? All of these guys can all play in that position off the main striker. Um, I probably, probably love Lace. The, the list goes kind of on and on. Um, so I think we we will potentially see some outgoings. I think when everybody's fit, we've got we have got a really strong squad. Um, mm. However, when you say that everybody fit, everybody's fit. You're starting to bring Roof into the conversation. You're bringing Dowling. You're bringing Tom Lawrence in, who might mightn't put a double double figures between them in terms of appearances for a season. So you can kind of go if we could maybe someone like Dow might get freed up. I imagine he'd be coming on a decent salary, uh, probably coming on an English Championship salary. His reputation down there probably isn't bad because there's no doubt he's got the ability. So he might be someone that we might just recycle for for nothing, let him go off the door, but then we maybe bring somebody in on a on loan. Do you know what I mean? Somebody that maybe Clement knows that's uh, from Belgium or something, and just reuse that re- reuse that salary, um, mm-hmm. just whilst we kind of I'm not going to say hobble over to the end of the season, but certainly work with what we've got until the end of the season, and then obviously you're then going to have some players that are going to be able to contract in the summer. If we're not looking to offer them new deals, then Get them punted now if we don't think they're going to have great value. Um, if we're not going to get minutes yeah. out of them, clear them out and give the youth a go. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it might be sound a bit dramatic, but we just need to, we need to be a bit more forward thinking than what we have been in the last couple of years. We've kind of romanced about players having three or four good games on the bounce and then, right, that's it, they're back. And then all of a sudden, I mean, I think John Lundstrom's been wrote off again now uh, after Sunday <laughs> and he actually done okay, but... There was a lot of okay performances on Sunday, but if we want to move forward the way that we want to go, okay performances, we haven't got time for them. We need to be looking at players now and going, you can't leave him out, you can't leave him out. You could make 11 changes from Sunday. Um, and the good thing is we have got options that come in, but again, it just depends if they stay fit. Yeah, that's it, exactly. I think you've done what I've done there and uh, put the four pillars of Clement up in my, my kitchen wall and just hammering them home. Just uh, no, no time for messing about there, JB. I like it. Just clear them out if they're dead wood. I totally agree. Um, Kieran, I, I'm going to ask you a, a similar question, but with a with a different slant on it. Um, you're, this, this is you. You're going for the director of football at Rangers, all right? You're getting asked, but you're in the discussion with the manager. Where's the squad too heavy, and what positions would you be looking at to improve in the in the January transfer? Where would you be going out and looking to strengthen? Top of my list would be a striker, um, one that's proven in the league, <laughs> one that plays for Hearts, might be their captain. <laughs> um, but no, like in a serious note, we're a Danilo. We are a Danilo injury away from a disaster up there. <laughs> we really are. Because um, if you look ahead, you're probably going to find that Dessels is going to start on Sunday, which isn't strong enough for us to go and win a league because that's three games in a week. Danilo's not going to play 90 minutes all three games. Talk about a, a manager that likes to manage players and their workload and burnout, then Danilo's not going to play on Sunday. So 
for me, we need to be stronger up there. The second striker needs to be fit and he needs to be a strong striker that's proven domestically. Um, I think we may look to bring in a winger as well. It would be great, I've, I've said that a few times in the pod, that it would be great if we can do these Cantwell-Raskin deals with the guys have got six months left in their contract and we look to be the first to get them in. That's the business that, as a club, that we should be doing more often. Um, and on Mioski, as Robert Robertson's commented, Mioski is a good striker, but we, I think you would pay a lot more for him than you would pay for uh, Shanklin given his contract. Although I do think Shanklin's price is going up, given that he's now, I don't know, could you call him a regular in the Scotland squad? He's been called up to the last two games and the Euros are ahead. So Hearts are going to be looking at that as well if he keeps scoring. Let me think. Probably another centre-mid. A centre-mid with the idea of progressing them forward. Um, I know a lot of folk have mentioned it's Josh Campbell from Hibs as well. Connor Barron seems to be out of contract at the end of the season for Aberdeen. And yeah, RFC 72 mentions it there. A wingers and a striker in January. We're crying out for a winger, but JB said it as well. We've got Seema playing out there. Matondo's back. You've got Wright. McCausland's just signed a new contract. Will we really go and sign another winger? I'm just not sure. I think there has to be outgoings first. Um, I think a lot of Rangers fans would have the same names on the list to the ones that would be the outgoings. For me, I'd be trying to find a good loan spell for the likes of Dessers and Lammers who just haven't done it. And it's I think we can just be done with that nightmare as soon as possible. Dill's not really cut it either. Um, but yeah, for me... Real top of the list, we're talking about a striker, but I think we I think we should be prepared to see more outgoings. Yeah, I think that's totally fair comment on on what you said there. Uh, there JB, I'll come to you because there's there's one last position. That I, I I think we touched on every position bar bar left back there. I'm going to ask you: Should we be looking for a new left back this January next summer, or is it just being heightened by the fact that um, Ridvan isn't in the Europa League squad? Yeah, I mean, three managers in, nobody seems to be fancy in mid-fan. Um, I think he's, um, I'd cash in on him, um, to be honest. I just He might go on to be a good player, but he's not going to go on to be a great player. You, you can kind of tell sometimes in, in glimpses. He's obviously, he's not built for Scottish football. Um, not necessarily, not talking about his height. Um, he seems to be picking up these little niggling calf injuries, hamstring injuries whether the intensity that we train at is maybe at a higher level than what he's been used to over in Turkey or whatever, or maybe he's just cold, I don't know. <laughs> but he's, uh, I just, I just, he's just not in the right movie, is he? So, I mean, if, if we could recycle him, um, I think that would be an interesting one because I imagine his stock's still quite high over in Turkey. He's, um, he's, I've seen there's a joke in there about Turkey and stock, but then, I don't know where I was going with it, but then he um, <laughs> recycle him and maybe bring in like um, Deutsch at uh, Verona, do you know what I mean? That's, he would take the Scottish the Scottish box um, for us, he's, I think he's fell out of favour a little bit over there after making quite a promising start, so could you look at that type of approach? Um, I don't think we'd miss Yilmaz if he was to go, and if we get a couple of million, if we get what we pay for him back, uh, there's quite a bit of a lot of money floating around Turkey at the moment, so I think that would be an interesting option if we can get him out. I think Barisic will hobble over till the end of the season. Uh, we're never going to make any money on him. I know there's been talk from signing the new deal. He's going to mm. have to have a real purple patch, uh, I think, to turn turn the Rangers fans back on side with him. 
Uh, I thought he started to creep into a little bit of his old self um, on Sunday there once the pressure started getting on a wee bit. Yeah. Um, but, but with Seema playing so far wide at times and when Matondo come on playing so far wide, that's his space. So him going inside is just his worst-case scenario. And... Um, I think it was proved on Sunday. On Sunday, why he's only scored? He's never scored a league goal for us um, from outfield play because he he just hasn't got that ability and confidence to one strike the ball from outside the box, and two um, attack aggressively. So, yeah, two new left backs uh, for the start of next season, most certainly, and recycle one in um, in January. Um, could they uh, do John Sterling do a job in, um, till the end of the season? If we again, if we punt to Yilmaz. So, yeah, wait and see. Yeah, I, I keep forgetting about that. But listen, all, all I was hearing in there is you trying to do some sort of cut price deal to Galatasaray for Ridvan and, and Haji. And we could maybe get the, I'm not sure, based on tonight's performance against Man United, but they're right back boy. I think I know he's wanted by Arsenal and stuff like that. So maybe we could get some sort of swap deal in there for him. Eh? Um, but RFC 72 here says Northern Ireland's left back, Jamal Lewis, one year left in his deal at Newcastle. I would bite your hand off for a player of his quality. When you go, Keir. Am I right in saying we've been interested in him previously? Was he on loan at Stoke at one point? Am I right in saying that? I think so, yeah. I mean, if we could, if we could put someone like Yilmaz and bring him in on loan to the end of the season, it's it's absolutely it's, it's, that's that, that's good business. Do you know what I mean? If uh, if we could look to do something like that, I'd be, I wouldn't be too displeased. There's a yeah, winger. A... There's a winger playing in Turkey right now. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of him, Ryan Kent. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was trying to get through a full bloody podcast without his name being mentioned. Honestly, I, I, I'd locked it away in the back of my head to, to message you to post pod and say, well done when we were talking about transfers to so not mention Ryan Kent's name, but there we go. Just <laughs> that, that's that. Um, look, Kieran, I'll come to you in the next three point here. Uh, it's about you know, the rules and the laws of the game. And for once, I say for once, we're not going to go down that that paranoid uh, delusion everybody's against us road. But um, something here, IFAB are thinking about introducing a sin bin. What that is, I'm not sure if it's fully been fleshed out yet, but Clement was asked about it in, in the, um, the press conference. I'm assuming, like, instead of a yellow card or if you do something more serious than a yellow card, you're going to get put away for... Put away like you're getting... <laughs> <laughs> like you're getting, you know, a bag over the top of your head and taking off the side of the pitch, um, but for ten minutes. But what do you think? Is this just another one of these daft ideas? Is it, you know, going to go the same way as VAR, where it's just annoying everybody? What do you think about the ideas of sin bins being introduced into the the game? To me, it sounds like a lot of rubbish where somebody's trying to make their job sound relevant, so they've just come up with someone that will get something that will get everyone talking. Um, no, um, good few years ago, I was coaching over at a tournament in Italy in one of our youth teams um, that we had over there. We were playing a German pro youth team and they were good. They were very good. It was our first game of the tournament and they had sin bins there. Um, and yeah, they did that in the tournament. So our boys took a while to adapt to the style of play there where wouldn't like the Scottish mentality for a 50-50 is to go in as hard as you can, sometimes good <laughs> shown, but we're on, and when you're playing European youth football, they call it hard but fair, you can go in strong, but it's got to be fair, and 
there's got to be an attempt for the ball and nothing's really dangerous about it. So we ended up actually going down to eight men with boys going into the sin bin. <laughs> <laughs> what? I swear. And it, to be honest, they weren't playing any different from the way they, they usually played. It was just that this is our way of playing, but over there it's very different. They're, they're coached a lot differently. And I'll tell you, the boys adapted to it, but it was a real lesson in that game that we went down to eight men with... <laughs> with boys going into like a sin bin and coming back on the field. And do you know something that really disrupted the game as well? And I just didn't feel it was good for, well, they did learn from it, but it wasn't good in terms of the boys were getting really frustrated by it because it was like, here's a yellow card, but if it's a bit stronger than that, but not quite a red, you're getting sin binned. And oh my <laughs> God, man, it was, it was a coaching experience for us as well. It was, yeah, it, it wasn't fun, but it didn't work. And it just sounds crazy to me. Like big changes in football, like VAR, never seem to go down well. Tweaks are more what we tend to see in football that work well. I mean, we can't even get the handball or the offside rule right at the moment. Very, very true. Look, I think I think um, Kieran's let us know his his thoughts on that idea there, JB. But just to be a play a bit of devil's advocate, it, it sounds ridiculous having. I mean, you're right that that scenario potentially been down at eight men. <laughs> for like 10 minutes is absolutely mental and the next thing is how do you decide what's just worse than a yellow card but could this potentially develop more technical play in Scotland if there's less you know coming together less physicality in the game or is it it's a, it's a contact sport as long as we continue to get penalties I'm not bothered <laughs> to be honest um, no um, I think it's a bit of a farce, to be honest. The only time I think it could maybe come in and potentially work is if players are abusing referees or officials. Then that w- it would cut that out quite quickly. Do you know what I mean? Because the Premier League, I think, at the start of the season, the first game of the season, I can't remember who it was now, I think it might have been watching Tottenham, and like they booked three or four players in the space of five minutes because the way they were talking to the referees. Oh, yeah. And you think, oh, right, they're really clamping down on it this year. And then kind of went away for a wee bit. I was at the the Everton game on at the weekend there, and the core questioned the foul. Like there wasn't anything bad in it. He just you, you kind of seen him just kind of go referee. What's that? He's a bit frustrated. Yellow card. And then when Ashley Young was getting um, give away the penalty, Harry Maguire ran the full length of the pitch and was roaring at the referee and like saying it should have been a yellow. He's giving it one of them, and nothing happened. So. It's again. It's another one of them things that probably wouldn't do, won't be pleased consistently. Uh, I mean, Lewis Dunk, I think, was the second player in fifteen years to be sent off for a yellow card for foul and abusive language towards a referee. Mad again. Things like that. You think if you got Simbin for that, and you said, right, the game plays on, we'll go straight off. Then that could potentially cut that out, and make life a wee bit easier for the referees, but. No, it's not for me. I can't. And as as the manager touched on in his press conference, he he pooed it quite quickly. Um, <laughs> the only rule that I'm I'm quite interested in is the Arsene Wenger offside rule. Yeah, I think that would be quite cool in terms of daylight between players for goals. Um, I think that would create a lot more goals and make things a lot more exciting. But um, yeah, no, no simbins for me, like. Yeah, 100%. I'm, I'm behind that. I said, Val's already doing my nut in enough. So um, if it's doing my head in that, I think just introducing Sin Bin and you're opening up another can of work. Can you imagine how many stoppages there are going to be in a game? Like, how are you even bringing players back onto the field after a Sin Bin? Because we can barely do it if somebody goes off and gets injured in a minute. 
I know how they should do it. Have you ever seen like the elimination chamber in the WWE where they just come out like the big glass tank and the door slide <laughs> open? How good would that be, man? Pure entertainment. Listen, I would see see if they did that, but I had like a tube like right in the center circle that just popped up with the player. <laughs> I would, I would, uh, I'd be all behind it. Then, a klaxon goes off and they come out from behind smoke and all that. <laughs> I like la- la- there you are. This is you trying to make it like NFL, man. That's it. <sighs> I'm selling it, man. <laughs> yeah, listen. If, if if we're getting dual leap or something like that at halftime, I'm all I'm all for it. So, um, but listen, the next point I'll come on to. Let's talk about the the game tomorrow. Rangers can virtually guarantee qualification uh, with a win tomorrow that will take us on to ten points. I think because our better head to head against Sparta that that means that we will uh, get the best they can finish on is ten points at the minute. I think as well, so we will go through based on our head to head. Like before we get into specifics, and Kieran, I'll come to you first on this one. Obviously, we know that that, that game is as good as it was having Stephen Davis in charge as a manager, and that was probably buzzing having a European game where Davis was a manager. It was woeful over there arguably for me the worst Rangers performance I think this season against a team that weren't particularly anything special compared to what we have been up in the past in Europe I'm going to keep it really really simple what must Rangers do differently this time than what they did when they played away in Cyprus come flying out the traps and get the game killed off early I think that's one thing we've seen with Clement that Maybe maybe better not the greatest example just now following the weekend, but with Clement, I think he likes to come out and try and get that goal early. And if anything that we've seen in Europe, especially under Gio, was that when we come out the, the traps and get the crowd behind the team early doors, then we, we kind of roar on and kick on and everything falls into place. So for me, that game in Lemus, oh my God, that you're right, it was the worst, probably the worst at a bad bunch this season. Um, it's most disjointed I've seen is when you think of the Lundstrom one where he was chasing back and just it looked lacklustre. He's been a different player since then, which has been good. So, yeah, for me, it's a huge game and I really hope that something gives in that Prague and Real Betis game. Imagine that was a draw and we're going to Betis knowing that if we don't get beat, we'll, we'll finish top of the group. And am I right in saying if we finish top of the group, we're going to the last 16? Yep, automatic. Yeah. Yep. So that would be a bonus. So go and get that game won and just hope that the result in the other the other tie goes our way. Is uh, is it in Prague or is it in Betis? Uh, it's in Prague. I... So there's a good chance for them to go and get a result there. So for us, it could be a huge night in Europe where it sets things up nicely. But first things first, we've got to get the game won. The crowd have got to get behind the team. It's going to be a really cold night at Ibrox. So... Hopefully, early doors were doing the bouncy and we're getting hit up pretty quickly. That's what we're all hoping for. So, nah, another huge European night. And, you know, it's it's what we enjoy. And I think we've proven that Europa League is our perfect level when it comes to Europe. And I had this discussion about more Scottish football last night with my mates that Scottish teams just can't dine at the Champions League table anymore. That's just a level above anything we can compete at. And when we look back to our last European campaign, I hated every single minute of it. It just wasn't competitive. It wasn't enjoyable. And now I really look forward to the Europa League nights. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one especially. Yeah, that's it, exactly. And and uh, JB, I'll ask a very, very similar question to, to yourself. I think Clement described the... Uh, Aris Limassol attack is, is chaotic. We know they've got quite a few pacey guys. The guy, 
Babika, I think it was, that scored the the second goal against us. He, I seem to remember him just being absolutely uh, rapid. What must me do differently this time compared to? And you can't say everything because that's that's just getting away. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm having flashbacks uh, of, of the night. Uh, without it, I think I might have said this on a pod not long after the game. I've, I've been following Rangers for thirty years, right? Abroad, seen some hammerings uh, in Europe. Hammerings by them, even at Ibrox. It's the lowest I've ever felt coming out of a football stadium. It was worse than. Luxembourg by far it was I've never felt anything like it coming out I was genuinely sitting there going what is the effing point of me doing this do you know what I mean it was like you put all that money in to go and you take holidays it was obviously it's all by choice no one's forcing you but you take the holidays your time away from the family the inconvenience five hour flights taxis hotels mass tickets all the rest of it buses once you're over there and I remember coming off the ground that night going, I genuinely would not be displeased if I'd never seen one of these players again. It was that bad, um, other than Butland, obviously. Um, but yeah. it was like, the players, there was absolutely, there was no effort. There was genuinely no effort. They, they rocked in there with an arrogance that we just need to turn up here. It was like a yeah. pre-season game. It was like when you see players play for a manager that they, they want to sack which was absolutely disgusting to put Stephen Davis in that situation because even he just, he looked, I think he aged 10 years in 90 minutes, you know, like um, there was no pattern to play and no one was brave. Everyone, we couldn't get rid of the ball quick enough. Um, I think the XG on the night off the top of my head was something like 0.45. Um, I mean, Seema scored a cracking header as it happened. I wish that, I wish um Lammers' chance on Sunday has felt to Seema. Uh, I think we'd still, we'll probably be still on cloud nine now. But um, no, I think to Kieran's point, we need to make sure that we come out flying. Um, at the end of the day, if we can come out flying against teams like Dortmund, Braga, Leipzig, uh, Liverpool, before things turn a bit nasty, um, it does. It makes such a difference. Uh, the fact the fans feed off the players and vice versa. We got off to a really good start in Prague uh, with Danilo, um, uh, sorry, at home to Prague uh, with Danilo's work rate. Um, at the end of the day, if we outwork these on Thursday, we'll win comfortably. Forget playing ability, tactics, style of play. If we work as hard as them, we'll win. So, uh, but no, nothing's guaranteed. But as you say, if we can get a win there and then a draw in the other game. It'll, uh, it'll be in a, a really interesting. We can go to Betis uh, a few days before the cup final, um, and we can genuinely rotate with a. Well, let, let's see how it goes. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, must do better on all fronts. Is the uh, is the answer to that question? But yeah, I've calmed down a bit now. I was having flashbacks then. I know that's that. Sorry for that. Don't worry. We'll we'll get a uh, dip into the TI budget and get you some counselling for that one, GB. Um, so so thanks for that. But that that was a bit like my report card at school. There must do better. But listen, I'm going to stick with you, GB. Here, um, something you sort of touched on earlier. The you said that every time the manager talks about this Europa League squad, just the the sheer look of disgust on his face at some of the just obvious players that have been left out. Balogun, Yilmaz left out. We know that Jack and Raskin are still injured. Um, 
I, it was, I was laughing at this at the time, but I felt like he was like a dad talking about his son when he was talking about Scott Wright, when he was saying that, oh, he's still, got, he's still a wee bit sick and still a wee bit muscle soreness. Um, so I, don't, I wonder if Scott Wright's like the, the blind spot that he's got. Um, but the big A from this, Goldson is suspended. You could see him at the Prague game when he got that yellow card going off his head. I was like, why? That's a very unusual reaction at the time, but it makes sense if he's suspended. How are we going to line up defensively? I fired the comment into the chat and we've had a few a few interesting uh, comments back from that. Yeah, I mean, I think I haven't seen the training video today. I think Suter and Davis feels like a wee bit of a no-brainer. Uh, Leon King could come in. Uh, that would fall under the experimental category. Um, I mean, Connor Goldson for all of his faults. Um, we, we were an absolute bonfire last season with him on the team. Um, again, don't want to have too many flashbacks, but then four <laughs> game, then three games where we didn't get, we didn't win in the week. Um, I'm just, I'm having flashbacks there. Leon King actually went off injured in one of them games. Let's see, not in a way. Um, so we will miss Goldson for for all his for all the criticism he does. He, he never shuts up on the pitch. He's constantly talking. He's constantly supporting his centre halves next to him. He, he Connor Goldson falls under the category of one of these players that makes play makes the centre half player who he's playing with a better player in most cases. But at the end of the day, it's a chance for Suter and Davis to cement themselves if they go in and have an absolute stormer on. Um, on Sunday gives the manager something to think about. As he said, everyone's on a on a clean everyone's on a clean slate or a white page, whatever he said. So uh, I think that's definitely going to be the centre half partnership. And then I don't think you can really argue with Barisic left back and Tavernier right back. Uh, I think there's going to be more interesting <laughs> decisions probably further up the pitch. But yeah, yeah. that will definitely be the back line. I know. We've got nobody else in at left back anyway. So other than yeah, St- Sterling, Sterling's in. <laughs> Yeah, that's very true. Um, look, I'm going to ask you the same question, Kieran. Here, just about the about the back line. How do you think we'll line up? Given that that Goldson's injured, can you see us going to a back three again? Say, uh, like we did away in Prague. Nah. Do you know? No, I can't. I can't see us going to that back three. But do you know something? I actually liked the back three when it was Goldson, Davis, and Suter. I think we played quite well in Prague defensively. We did give up a lot of chances, but they are a decent team at home. Um, tomorrow, nah, I don't think the personnel's there to be doing that. Um, throwing Leon King in where he's not made an appearance this season, I don't think, or started yeah. a game this season. So nah, I think that would be chaotic in your most important European game yet. Um, so now nah, the obvious back four will be the one that plays. It'll be Tav right back, uh, Barris it's left back, and then you'll have Suter and Davis centre back. But See, Suter, I think Suter gets a hard time. He's had his mistakes and he's had his blips this season, but I think he's a smashing player and I think he'll come good once he gets them out of his system. And he's not had a consistent run under Clement yet. Like he's he's still yet to impress. Um, so I'm absolutely comfortable with Suter and Davis at centre back. Let's be honest, with all due respect, right? And I really hope that Lemisol admin of their social accounts doesn't see this. It's Aris Limassol at Ibrooks. We should be blowing them away. This is going to get clipped up and filed all over their socials if it does. But I really like their social media account. Have you seen it? Have you seen the one today? Yeah, he's pretty funny. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But Suter and Davis, I'm fine with that. Completely comfortable with it. 
big suitor is Clement's type of player. He can carry the ball out from the back pretty well. He's he's a threat in the air, but just iron the wee mistakes out of his game and we've got a fantastic centre back there. I've full of confidence for them. It'll be fine. Yeah, I agree with you. You've got a fan there in Marco Negri's eye that says, me too, Kieran, uh, Big Soapy is a tank. What a, what a sentence that is, by the way. Um, no spelling errors with the last word. That could have went a bit wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, he just seems like a guy you want to have around the squad. John Sutton, as you said, that's the only thing I would say, I just felt he was at the fault for too many goals. Um, like directly too many goals but yeah as you said if it irons those wee things out I think we've got the potential to have a really good uh, centre back pair in there look I'm, I'll just ask the boat I'm assuming you are both Lundstrom and Sifuentes in the midfield and there's nothing controversial there with that and look Kieran I'll stick with you with the next point the forwards there seems to be a wee bit more to to talk about there uh, I said again I fired that question and uh, who would people be playing? Pete Lawrence here has come out with Danilo up front, and then he has Seamat, Cantwell, and McCausland um, in there. What's your thoughts um, on that? Who would you have as the, the sort of forward, four forwards for, for Rangers tomorrow? I think, let me th- oh God, I, I think it's the obvious choice. Lawrence in that 10, I thought it looked good at the weekend, fell out at maybe in the middle of the game, but I think Lawrence, once he gets fully matched fit, what a player we've got in our hands there. I think he's one that the fans absolutely love because he's got a bit of aggression about his game. He gives 100% and he has got the eye for a pass. So I think we'll see Lawrence in the 10 and then the same front threes we've seen against Prague. Cantwell off the right, um, Seema off the left and Danilo through the middle. Although I just don't think Cantwell's best position is off the right, but you, you, I don't know. It's, again, a case of circumstance. Could, could we could we see Cantwell in the ten with Lawrence just being back and maybe that he's he's not fully match fit? But how disappointed are you going to be if it's Lammers? <laughs> that is very very likely to happen, but I hope uh. it doesn't. Either of Lawrence or Cantwell in the ten, I'd be delighted with. I think, but that forward line pretty much picks itself. I'd, listen, I'll be scunnered if Lammers is in that, especially with Lawrence back. If we've got Matondo back fit as well, a winger, because Cantwell then goes above him in that. Uh, JB, I've seen you getting quite excited about the thought of, of Ross McCausland starting tomorrow. Um, are you in agreement with that? I think he was the one bright spark away over in Limassol. Um, the, the only positive I can take about it. Um, but yeah, what, what would your forward four be? Yeah, I've just sold me ticket for tomorrow on the back of it. Lammers might be starting. <laughs> um, Can I yeah. say something in his defence before you get going, JB? Right? We've not lo- we've not lost or drawn a game when Lammers has played in the oh, game. Sh- That's out a- at the weekend. We draw. He played there against Kilmarnock. Oh, did he? Right, okay. Can we clip that in? <laughs> oh, that was incredible, man. We'll move on. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to see McCall. I'd like to see McCall. I, I like Tom Lawrence. So I think I'm probably one of his biggest fans, to be honest. Um, so not, I wouldn't say I'm dropping him. However, I think it would just be a good night. It needs energy. It needs legs. It needs aggression from the first minute. And I think a... A three behind Danilo, McCausland, McCausland, Cantwell, and Seema, I think would deliver that. Um, I think them three have got legs. Lawrence, Lawrence does press and he does tackle, but he doesn't do it with any particular pace. 
I'd like to see them three just absolutely running the bollocks off from the first minute. Uh, and then you know that you've got good options to bring. Well, you've got options to bring on uh, if you need to. Um, you can bring Lawrence on if you need a goal, if you're chasing a goal. Um, but I think Campbell's going to... Uh, sorry, Campbell. McCausland's um, going to be on cloud at cloud nine. Do you know what I mean? You've got to home in on that energy. If you give that... That kid's going to come off the block. We saw about coming off the box flying. There'll be nobody flying more than him tomorrow uh, ahead yeah. of that. So I, I'd be more than comfortable with something like with with I think one of the couple of the was it Gary I think uh, commented that uh, McCaus yeah McCausland and Campwell and Seema um, well maybe wouldn't be surprised to see maybe a cheeky Matondo come in um, you might have a three of Campwell um, sorry McCausland Campwell and Matondo with uh, with Danilo up top um, and then Seema can come on as an impact. Um, I wouldn't mind Seema down the right or, or through the middle. Um, but yeah. I think we're, talking, we're looking at a different animal now compared to when he first signed because we've seen him down the right and we thought he looks awful. We've seen him through the middle against one, one of the pre-season games. Can't mind who it was now. Yeah, in Hoffenheim, whatever it was, he looked, he looked like he looked like a lost fish. And then um, <laughs> he was awful. The worst performance I've ever seen from any Rangers footballer in that first half against PSV. And then he scored an absolute worldie. And he's he's kicked on from there. So yeah. I think Seaman can play anywhere across the front line for me. Uh, I'd like to see him in a two next to uh, Danilo. Uh, but that's probably me going off on a wee bit of a tangent. That might be one for post-January, um, is Danilo and Seema as a front two. Because um, I think the pair of them would absolutely rip it up uh, with the strength, strength, energy, pace uh, between the two of them. And both of them can finish. So, um, so yeah, that's my prediction. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see that tomorrow. I'm in total agreement with you. I'd love to see Seema playing through the middle at, at some point alongside the Danilo, having the, the little and the large up front, as it were. And um, yeah, I really think that could be a good pairing. But it's interesting. I think we've all went with slightly different lineups here. I, I can see um, Matondo even starting on that right. Um, tomorrow and, and having Seymour on that left just so we can go at them for a bit of pace because there, there will be space in behind them and I think that they'll be a a team that'll, how do you say this politely, struggle with the atmosphere tomorrow because they won't be used to playing in uh, games like that. But listen, just before we go, I'll get a couple of score predictions off you. Uh, Kieran, I'm going to come to you first. Will Rangers qualify for the Europa League tomorrow? Yes, and I'm going for a strong 4 now tomorrow. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, Listen, I'm going. I'm going to ask you. You got a scorer there? Uh, I'm going to go Danilo double Cantwell and Big John Sutter. Ah, yes, I'll take that all day long. And JB, have you got a score prediction for us? Yeah, I'm going to go two one. I'm going to make we'll make it out as watching Rangers is easy. Um, so I'm going realistic with a two one. Uh, Danilo and a Tav Pen just for the fume. <laughs> uh, just for the online fume, yeah. So there you go. Yeah, we'll take that. Uh, the Scotty here says seven 0 minimum. Those bastards haven't shut up into Twitter since they beat us. Um, I take that all day. Uh, and Robert Rankin, a wee bit more realistic, saying a confident of a three 0 uh, I think I'm probably somewhere in in that vicinity as well. I'd love it. I would absolutely love it if we started Davis and Suter tomorrow, and they both got they both got goals from corners or something like that. That would just uh, absolutely make it for me. But listen, thanks to everybody watching. Um, 
I'll be back tomorrow with Tommy live post-match about half an hour once the game's finished, once the manager, once all the players have uh, given our press conferences. Hopefully we'll be talking about progression in the Europa League. But I just want to say thank you to both my guests tonight. So thank you very much, JB, for coming on. Cheers, Bill. Thanks for having me. And thanks to you as well, Kieran, for, for joining us tonight as well. Always a pleasure, mate. Thank you. Good. And thanks to everybody out there watching and listening. We'll see you all tomorrow. Podcast Network.